we are. It's been two months since I made my last podcast, and I had intended to take two weeks off. So I had recorded the next episode two weeks after I had just made a big move, and I didn't have the bandwidth to go back and edit it. And for a while, I felt kind of guilty, like, I should be doing this because I made a promise to myself I was going to make an episode every week. (laughs) And, you know, I just really needed to let that go. And it's not like I have a bunch of listeners, right? Maybe 10 (laughs) Um, for right now. And that's going to change. But I think what's really important is that we all give ourselves permission to notice when our bandwidth is such that we need to let some things go to recoup our sense of spaciousness and capacity. And sometimes it takes a longer time for that to rebuild. And, you know, if you've moved at all, you probably realize it takes quite a bit of energy to create a new space. Uh, Here I'm setting up my office in my living space. And that same month that I moved, I had the most client sessions I had had since I started my business. So it was my biggest work month. And my, and that was taking a whole week off as well from the, from the move. And I probably needed to take two weeks off Uh, is what it felt like. So anyway, that's why there's been a big gap. And so you're going to hear at the beginning of the recording after this, that I I moved two weeks ago. And here it is two months now. (laughs) So I'm going to make a little bit of a change as I go forward and share a little more personally about my own story and use that story to highlight some principles that I think will be really helpful for you to play with and and be aware of. And I do welcome your comments, your feedback. So feel free to get in touch. You can go on the Anchor app and leave me a voice message, or you can send me an email by going to mindfulguidance at protonmail.com. And I look forward to connecting with you. So stay tuned and listen in. Welcome back to the love frequency. I moved two weeks ago and I had put I had put much of I had put most of my belongings into storage for about six months. And so what I did in the interim was to get used to having less, fewer clothes, fewer toiletries, fewer books, less paperwork, really just had with me the essential things because I was staying in different places with friends for different periods of time. And before that, under the influence of my daughter, I had been doing some reading about minimalism. And it really came into my lived experience 
through this process of detaching from where I had lived, detaching from the things I had had around me and just gotten used to, and being much more intentional about what do I really need? What is really essential for my functioning and my well-being? And so I'm offering that question out to you this morning. I'm offering that question out to you right now. To allow yourself, not to put pressure on yourself to become a minimalist or to let go of stuff that you don't need, but just to come to the question of what is truly essential for me? What do I need to sustain myself? You could take that through all the different areas of your life. How much work do I really need? How much money do I really need? How much food do I really need? I have a friend who's embarked on a 16-day retreat. And I found out through a mutual friend who she's been texting with every now and then, that every other day they have one meal between 11 and 1. One meal every other day. (laughs) So clearly, you know, for 16 days, it's very possible to do well on less. And I don't know what her experience is, obviously, but a lot of people have gone and done this particular retreat and so it does beg the question, what, what truly is essential? And beyond that, you know, think about what is it that drives our choice making? What drives you? So it's this, there's this quest inside that I've noticed, this quest for identity. You know, do... Do I allow the things that I do, the clothes that I wear, the possessions that I have, the work that I do, do I allow those things to add to me a sense of value? Or do I utilize those things because they help me function in the world? And usually it's both and, right? But to the extent that we can wake up to how we are using our activities, our relationships, and our possessions to lend us a sense of value or worth, we're robbing ourselves of our natural, our natural ease in being. I had a conversation with somebody new this past week and it was very clear in this conversation that this person had very little attachment to how he comes across. Like his hair was not styled in any way. It was just long and loose and kind of blow away and his clothes were just very plain He didn't even spend a lot of time animating his expression. 
which made me wonder, you know, maybe he's a little bit on the spectrum, but also made me wonder, maybe he's a lot more free. (laughs) Maybe he's a lot more free than I am about the drive to please others, the drive to show up in a way that engenders admiration or envy even, right? Sometimes we put out a, an image because, well, the car that we drive or the truck that we drive or the office where we work, you know, helps us to feel important. And it's more about broadcasting who we want others to think we are than who we really are. And so as we're going through life, you know, if you think of yourself and your energy system like a fire hose that is just a fountain, when we first come into the, to the world, we have no agenda other than to be. And then over time, we get these crimps and these bends in this fire hose, these comp- areas of compression where it doesn't feel okay to be just as we are whether it's that we're being laughed at or we're being shamed or we're being scolded or we're being told something that elicits a sense of fear or contraction, we, we bend inwardly. We bend away from things or we bend towards something else or we learn to repackage how, how we're being. And it can be so healing and so refreshing to just come back to what is my essential nature? How does it feel when I'm really allowing myself to just be in stillness in this energy flow that is me? And even letting off that part about is me, like just being in this energy flow now. And so I'm going to invite you, no matter what you're doing, to sort of inwardly press pause on trying to extend your energy anywhere. And so you can still be moving around doing something. But feel your attention, pull your energy awareness back into that central place, wherever that is for you where there's a sense of ease of being, nothing to prove. And notice what that feels like. Farrell Williams' song, Happy, comes to mind, that if we could just, if we could just dwell in that place of ease and flow contentment about how we are and who we are, we would be happy most of the time. Not ecstatic, but an easeful, sort of flowing, bubbling happiness. And that's how I woke up this morning. I hung some art up on the wall last night with a friend's help. And I realized that in creating this space with the things that I'm choosing, I am creating this this nest of energy that holds me within 
self-energy that holds me within this space of ease of being, of what, what grounds me, what, what brings delight, what, what helps me feel centered and nurtured and at home. And I'm realizing that I still haven't unpacked most of my clothes <laughs> because I've gotten used to living with less, needing less. And I think what I'll do instead of just putting the clothes I have into the washer and then away, I'm going to ask myself again, do I really want this? Will I use this? Is this useful? Might it have a better life with somebody else? And then to have less means there's less that I need to tend to, less paperwork, less clothes to wash. So it's not about the objective of becoming a minimalist. It's really about becoming more attuned to what I want and what I need and what sustains me. And what, do, what amount of energy do I want to use to sustain myself? Because if I'm putting less energy out in the mechanics of maintaining my personal possessions, then that brings a certain kind of freedom, doesn't it? And where it's so common to feel like we're in a perpetual state of overwhelm, we have to remember we always have a choice to reevaluate what's working, what's not. And to remind ourselves we can give ourselves permission to reevaluate and restructure our lives in a way that allows us to feel more at ease, more at ease in ourselves, more grounded, less encumbered. And so I invite you to play with that and take some time out and journal. What would help me embrace greater ease? What would I let go of? Who would I spend more time with? Who would I spend less time with? How would I structure my, my work day differently and even my workspace differently? So now that I'm in this new space, I notice that I'm making decisions the night before on how I want to wake up in the next morning. Do I want to wake up to a sink full of dishes? So I take some time and put things back and create a welcoming space for myself for the next day so it becomes like a, a blank palette that I get to put fresh colors on, make fresh decisions about. And while some of those decisions may be a repetition of what I've done the day before, like making my smoothie in the morning, I come to that decision
with a sense of freedom that I still can choose to do it. I don't have to do it. And I can use my sense of inner awareness to discern, is this really what I want? Not that we have to be super conscientious or super conscientious about every decision. No, then that we, we would be thinking our way through the day. But there's this, this easier way, I find, of tuning in for a moment, taking a breath, feeling into my own energy, tapping into that fire hose of bubbly essence, and, and just feeling what's resonant, what, what feels right. And this morning it was, I'm just going to lay here in bed for 15 minutes and enjoy this freedom of ease that I'm finding in this moment. And so instead of getting out of bed with this sense of weight of, oh, there's this, there's this huge list of things to do that feels like a great weight I kind of sprung out of bed like I'm excited to do what I've set before myself for the first task this morning. I'm excited to lean into the day and bring this fresh energy. And so I walked out into the space where I'd hung the art and I just said hello. (laughs) Hello to the space, hello to the plants, hello to the art on the wall. Basically I was saying hello to this energy of creation, of self-creation. And every day, we have that choice to recreate our lives and our experience from that true place of connection with self. And there's a practice that I've learned about recently that I just adore by Dan Siegel called the Wheel of Awareness. And if you go on YouTube and you look it up, Give it a a whirl. What I like about it is you're using the concept that awareness exists at the hub of the wheel. And so you start by just being aware. And that's very simple and very grounding. And then there's four sections on the outer rim of the wheel and you send a spoke of attention out to the first section, which is paying attention to your five senses and how you experience the world through those five senses. You spend a little time in each and then you come back into the hub and just feel a sense of self. Notice the breath. And then you send out a spoke of attention to the second section, which is your awareness of the insides of your physical body. You kind of do a mini body scan. And that really grounds you in your awareness of your physical self. And it also helps to rewire your brain and create pathways that tend to inhibit the over-functioning of the fight and flight system in your nervous system. So that's brilliant. Then you come back into the hub. Then you send a spoke of attention out to the third area on the wheel, which is the realm of awareness of your thoughts, emotions, 
beliefs, memories, attitudes. And it, it, in a little different way from how we normally think about working with the mind in meditation, which is to detach from thoughts. In this practice, you're welcoming them, whatever thoughts, memories, feelings arise. They're just part of your experience and there may be helpful information that bubbles up and you just want to pay attention to that without searching for anything, just allowing. And then you come back into the hub again. And then the fourth spoke of attention flows outward to your sense of connection your connection to those in your immediate circle and then in your wider circles and then in their circles until you f- you basically have widened your sense of interconnectivity to all beings on the planet and that's a really lovely practice and then we we end that part with a metta meditation where you send out loving kindness to yourself, to those you're closest with, and to all others. And it's like four statements. May you feel safe. May you be at ease. May you be well. May you be happy. And you can make up any, any four statements that you would like, that you're wishing to yourself and you're wishing to others. And then there's a fifth way to complete the practice, which is coming back into the hub of awareness and sending out a spoke that then folds back on itself. And you simply ask, who's noticing? And if the answer is, I am, you can say, who am I? Who am I? And if that answer comes back, me, then you can inquire gently even further. Who's noticing me? Who's the me that's noticing? And that practice might take, you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes, depending. And it is a lovely way to nurture your sense of reclaiming wholeness. You're anchoring your awareness in your physical sense, your energetic sense, your sense of consciousness and attention, and your sense of connection to all. It's very elegant. So if you were to pick one practice to do on a fairly regular basis, I would really encourage you to give that one a whirl. It's about really welcoming yourself 
to be fully who you are. And who we are is constantly evolving and changing. And yet if we bring simple awareness of what sustains me, what is sustainable, then as we pare things down, our life becomes simpler. We make less impact on the climate. We make less of a stressful impact on ourselves, therefore on others. And it begins an upward spiral of greater ease and clarity. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being who you are in the world. I have been blessed in this move with so many acts of kindness, so many acts of generosity. I am constantly being reminded how beautiful this web of interconnectivity is. And so if you look for opportunities to express appreciation for all that you have and for who you have in your life, and if you're not feeling appreciative of what you have and who you have in your life, then good for you for noticing that and being willing to reflect and say, what do I need to let go of in order to have greater ease? In order to have a life that feels more centered and uplifting and grounded. I wish you well on your journey this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be well. Thank you.